Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking.、Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and、uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today! At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a、uh, return to the Broadway breakdown. I am your fearless co-host, Matt Koplik. And I am your very fearful co-host, John Wiscavit. <laughs> John is so fearful. Why are you so fearful, John? Tell us.、Uh, you know, just like it's like the, who even knows what's happening in the world right now. It's just like everything's like crumbling, and、um, you know, just like you know, it it's, is. It's, it's all Betty Buckley doing the- a dollar tour, just like no, I, <laughs> no,、um, no. The world's not crumbling. It's. I mean, the sky is currently falling. It is snowing like a moth. Fafo. It、here. is. It is. Listen. Uh, by the time this episode comes out, Frozen will have opened. But yeah, Frozen opens tomorrow. Technically, when we're recording this, so it feels like just apropos、it、for that. It does you know? actually. Wow, Disney is not skimping on、no. the marketing for <laughs> for they, Frozen. They are in control of everything. They really are.、Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah, how how have you been, John? What 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 you been up to? What's your life like? I haven't seen you. <laughs> You know, I've like fallen off、so、the、long. face of the planet.、Um, no, I've just been so crazy busy, like a ton of projects that I'm working on, and I'm working. I think I've mentioned this multiple times on this podcast, but I'm I'm doing、um, a job in New York remotely while I'm out on contract. And originally, I was like, oh, and I had done it like a few other times, and you know, I was like, oh, that'll be fine. But、um, I kind of hit like the busy season a couple weeks ago and haven't stopped. And let me tell you, there is a reason why most people do not work like. Forty hours a week on top of performing, because you d- you will die. <laughs> yeah, you will very much die. But I bet your cheekbones are looking great right now. Oh, I hope so. I don't know. I actually feel like I've been eating so much to try to like make up for the fact that my body is exhausted. So I feel like、mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like、um, Violet. I'm turning Violet. Violet. I oh I, f- yeah, I feel like I'm losing my cheekbones. I feel like I'm losing my will to live. It, but like it's okay. <laughs> It's okay, you know. I did say I love you. You're not just losing your mind. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh welcome. Um, <laughs> how are you doing? I am great. I'm just as busy. I'm just as you know, ferociously all over the place as you are, John. Yes, no, I、um, know you are. <laughs> ferociously.、Uh, yeah, and I'm good. I know that、uh, I'd mentioned. I think last time we recorded, or the last two recordings ago, I honestly can't tell anymore. I honestly don't、time? remember. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Time heals everything, but my memory apparently.、Um, I 
started i wrote a series that uh we did two different readings of of the first couple of episodes and they went very well and so now we're uh in pre-production mode on shooting the pilot pre-pro i know right i feel so i feel so schmancy like i reached out to a different couple of production companies like small ones you know people around our age was like yeah we'll do it for cheap and i expected it to be like a harder sell and it wasn't so now i was like oh so now we're like real so that's (laughs) scary um like people are now asking me questions like so when do you like what's your schedule what's your budget for this what's your timeline for this i was like what words numbers please don't um yeah all those things are so funny when people start asking about them and you're like it's just like that yeah. that raised shoulder raised hand emoji white guy who's just like oh uh, exactly <laughs> you know? it's like it's like I've, that I've um that gif of of homer simpson retreating into the bushes Yes. That is sort of how I feel every time someone asks me like a real question about pre-production. You know, oh, so no, how do you how do you foresee budgeting for you no know, catering and whatnot? And I just retreat into the bushes. Like, I, right, eh. right, yeah, yeah. So, like, no, thank you, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. Um, I have finally been getting back on my theater-going train, so Yay. that is like, that has been making me feel happy. Yes, uh, I would like to take a quick moment to uh, let all of our listeners know about uh, something that happened to me a week ago that was very important to my life. I saw a play at Lincoln Center Theater called Admissions. Mm-hmm. The play itself was fine. It was written by the same gentleman who wrote Significant Other and Bad Jews. Josh Harmon. Joshua Harmon. Yes, exactly. Yeah, love um, him. And yeah, I think we discussed Significant Other, right? Like how yes. that just sort of destroyed me as yeah. a human being. Yeah. Yeah. So Admissions did not do that. It was a little more uncomfortable of uh, like a sea of white people watching a play about white people being racist. And it was mm. like, okay. But... Uh, there was an actress in it named Sally Murphy, mm-hmm. who I I may have mentioned her once on here before. I don't know if I did. She played Julie Jordan the last time Carousel was on the Broadway. Um, oh, in 1994. In, back in, yeah, 1994. She's uh, opposite Audra in that. There's like a wonderful video of Audra's Mr. Snow from that production on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Sally Murphy is like her is this, is her silent scene partner who is just there to like take it all in and react off of everything she's doing. Mm. And it is... Oh boy. Um, I don't know if anyone knows this. I don't know if I've mentioned it more than once in my life, but Carousel is my favorite musical. Mm, and that production is, uh, yeah, that that production is like pretty much definitive for me, which is why I'm also so concerned about seeing this new revival in a month because mm. I just, I just know it won't, you know, live up, but that's fine. They are allowed <laughs> to make their own thing. Point is, point is, is um, I like made it a, I'm, made it a point in my life to say i'm no longer gonna stage door shows anymore you know it's i'm I'm like i'm past that i know too many people in shows it's just it's like weird to stage door show when you know people in it and yeah like it's that weird area but i didn't know anybody in this and i said i'm i've always wanted to let sally murphy know how i feel (laughs) and she came out and my friend sarah was with me as like emotional support and i i'm glad to say i didn't make an ass out of myself and in fact we ended up talking with her for like half an hour oh my god uh, yeah she's just uh julie jordan is like gotta be one of the hardest roles in musical theater because the audience is like so working against you in that part of like why are you with this you know violent man who's you know fucking up your life and you know, Carrie gets all the best songs in the show and she gets the one-liner. So as Julie, even though you're technically the lead, people, you know, are more invested in other characters. So playing that role successfully is almost thankless. And she did it so brilliantly, so beautifully. Um, there's a moment at the end of the If I Loved You scene that 
no actress I've seen since has done it. Uh, and I'm including Kelly O'Hara, and I'm including uh, Audrey McDonald in Carnegie Hall and Alexandra Silver in, in London. At the end of the scene, when Billy sings his If I Loved You, and he says, I'm not the type of person to marry anyone, uh, even if someone wanted me to, I wouldn't. And Julie says, don't worry about it, Billy. There is a moment in the script where it says dash, 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 and then she says Billy. Like, there's a beat in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, we're already like five minutes in and I'm tangenting, but I don't care. It's It's been so long. Um, no actress takes that beat. Uh, Sally Murphy is the only actress that I've known, and I think maybe Joanna Riding did it too. Takes that beat before they say Billy, and it's important in this scene because it's the first time Julie calls him by his first name. Until then, she's only called him Mr. Bigelow. She calls him by his name. Yes, she she called him by his name, mm. and wow. then the peaches fell from the from the trees. Mm. The blossom, the peach blossoms. Wow. Uh, symbolism, <laughs> such symbolism. But it's it, it's like a very important moment, and. And it's and I'm not like you know analyzing it super deeply. If you look at the original script, there's like there there's a dash in there. Oscar we're twenty Hammerstein pages. We're twenty that. pages into your dissertation. Dissertation, you go. I'm not really analyzing it that deep. <laughs> no, I'm, but like you know what I mean. It's like I'm not I'm not know, putting anything on there I'm that just, isn't there. I'm just besting your bowels. Thank you. I'm. I'm also the kind of person that walks out of like Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and goes, "Here's how I think this show deals with feminism." Like, hmm. I, and everybody else is like, "I just enjoyed The Naked Men," but um, hmm. well. yeah. I mean, don't we all? But no, it's 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 in the script. It's something that I've always felt very passionate about. It's like so important to the scene, and I don't know why every actress in the world, except for Sally Murphy and I think Joanna Riding, never take that beat. Hmm. And I told her this, and then it just turned into me speaking to her about all the things that I noticed about her performance and she was like oh my god I can't believe you caught all that I was like of course I caught all that I'm obsessive and I'm crazy and you know that combination with something that you love so much is just terrible so point is kids don't stage drawer shows because you make an ass out of yourself in front of people who mean a lot to you that that is a good life lesson Mm -hmm. I've I don't know if I've ever made that mistake not that that's a mistake but I mean what you did was foolish just kidding. I well, it no. wasn't as bad. I once I did cry in front of Audra McDonald. Uh, oh, that, that is yeah, a, that that's was embarrassing. <laughs> it is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't intend to do it, and it happened, and then I promptly ran away, and then I was like, never again. <laughs> well, until you met the <laughs> next person later, from Carousel. <laughs> yeah, anything regarding Carousel is enough to make me cry in front of anybody. So, I wonder if I've ever had an experience like that at all. I don't know. Michael John LaCusso. Do I cry? Oh my god, at everything. I cry at everything. I've probably cried three times today. Oh, that makes me feel better. Yeah, no, oh my god, yeah. No, this isn't a thing about, like, cry shaming, please. I would never. I'm just trying to think if there, if I've ever cried in front when I've, like, met someone before. Hmm. Didn't cry. I didn't cry when I met Audra, which, uh, you know, that's check for me, negative for you. I was, um, I was about to say... If you didn't cry, did you even really meet Audra? Oh, no, I really did meet Audra. It was actually really cool when I met her. Um, and I, like, I know her, so, like, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but, no, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure I've probably cried at someone or, like... My probably most embarrassing stage door story is the revival... Not this past revival, but the one right before the Sam Buntruck, um the the West End transfer of Sunday in the Park with George, um, 
I wrote a love letter. Like, not not just like a fan letter. I wrote what what's most would probably consider um, an open invitation for a relationship to, to, to Daniel Evans, who was playing George in that oh. production. And oh, like, daddy. And like, if you've seen any pictures of him or of that production, like, he's not what most people would call like a necessarily like hot sexy beast like he's kind of short he's balding yeah he's, um, he's, he's bald he's full on yeah bald. i was gonna say i guess he's actually full on bald um but he has the kindest eyes that i would just <laughs> when i would watch him perform numbers from that show i fell in love when i watched that performance i was like he's he's the one so i wrote him and gave him a love letter like that included like my phone number, my email address, so oh. many things. Oh my god! And um, I never heard back from him. I like to think that he. Hopeful- I mean, I was of age. I was twenty years old. Um, mm. So like, I hope what I've convinced myself happened is that he thought that I was some kind of like to catch a predator, Chris Hansen mm. type like setup, where um, yeah, they're going to show up with balloons and yeah, so. Uh, and so he, I, my, I imagine that he saw the situation and thought that's what it must be. So he's like, you know, I'm not gonna get caught for responding to the sexual advances of this very awkward, lanky twenty year old. Um, is, which is he gay is, though? Is his loss? I always just assumed. Yo, John just assumes everyone's gay. Yeah, duh. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't tell if he's if he's gay or if he's just British. I mean. He, I mean, if he if he is, hurrah for us! Like he's a good one for our side. But I just never, I never knew. Honestly, until this moment, I've never actually taken that into consideration that he could just be straight. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that that's. I feel like that's just an easier alternative. Like, oh, he's he's straight. If he were gay, he would totally, you know, have hit me up. I don't know because his his second act, George, I got a total gay vibe from, and I was like, oh, he's playing him kind of like it's like his gay grandson mm. or great-grandson um and so i that's always and i was like oh that'd be cool if you know because like mm. having the artist genes are basically the same thing as having the gay genes so <laughs> pretty much i mean so in doubt so i always liked that choice and i was i just thought oh he's just pulling himself into that performance and i would like to pull him <laughs> out of it are you pleased with yourself he would have been pleased with himself. And when the woman that you wanted goes, you can say to yourself, Well, I give what I give. Speaking of the gay gene yes. and a short title, mm. should we talk about um, the new moment in uh, gay history that happened last yes. weekend? So I got a perm. I know it's really exciting. <laughs> good for your head shape i'm proud of you thank you yeah honestly no um no i would love to discuss it i mean it's it's basically theater um yeah they they do a musical in it they do a musical in it and the woman the man woman who won has a degree in theater so this is what you're talking about right right what are you talking about drag race what are you talking about Oh no! I was talking about Love Simon. Oh! 
Oh my god. No, let's talk about both because I I that was something I wanted to bring up because it wouldn't be a Broadway breakdown episode if we didn't talk about we Drag Race. Talk so let's talk about that real quick because it's been a, it's been a week so I feel like we both have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. So I'm I I mean if you follow this show hopefully you understand the pull that is Drag Race. I've slowly just been trying to convince all of the Western world that this is what we need to heal the nation. I now think I have one of my older sisters watching the show. Um, she was very intrigued by how many times they use the word pussy willy nilly. Um, Absolutely. Like, girl, you better step that pussy up. And she's like cackling. She was like, I can't believe it. And I was like, I know, I know. It's, this is pussy our culture. Um, but yeah, I, I, if you haven't watched, Pause. I don't want to spoil everything for you, although it was spoiled for me. But I figured it was going to. I knew it was going to get. Yeah. I I couldn't watch it that night because I had um, same. It was spoiled for me too. Um, and so at first I was seeing kind of the backlash about like Shangela not winning, and I was like, oh man, I can't believe like Rue picked between Shangela and Trixie. Because in my mind, it was just in my mind there was never a world where they were not going to be the top two. And like mm-hmm. I'm a Trixie fan through and through, and so I I thought. Wow, as happy as I am, I can't believe that Rue picked Trixie over Shangela. And then I watched the episode and I was like, I, I mean, I was gagged. I really mm. was. I mean, I, I don't have any qualms with Kennedy. But I think the thing about Kennedy is just that, yeah, she, she's amazing at what she does. But there's something about her personality that I don't know it just always rubs me kind of standoffish. I, I don't know. Like, she does not have the, the shine all the other winners have personality wise. She's so talented, extremely funny, which I always forget about. And she always proves me wrong. But I mean, just it's no contest when it's between Trixie and Kennedy. If if she had picked Kennedy, it would have ruined everything. Did you watch the the lipstick reveal that showed who everyone had chosen to go? Yeah, I did. I watched. Yeah. So I actually had a very similar trajectory that you did with watching it. So I, came home from work and my DVR did not DVR it and I was devastated. Like it's literally it was all set your up name DVR. You had one my job. DVR. DVR, come on. Um and so it didn't happen. I was like, okay, I I will watch it tomorrow. It'll be on VH1.com, whatever. Mm-hmm. And someone in my life texted me who I forgot watched Drag Race. I thought they were texting me about something else. And the moment I got the text, I read it and they said Trixie and I was like, well there we go. Um and I so then I was like well I might as well so I read like the vulture recap the av.com recap uh and I was and I was mad and then I watched the episode and I was still mad but in a in a different way because like you I walked into the season being team Trixie mm-hmm. and I, Trixie did nothing wrong the way that oh. this episode went down she was the rightful winner between yeah. like her and yeah so like yeah. for those of you who do not watch drag race why are you listening to this podcast we talk about it every episode now but we came to our final four contestants and rather than rupaul deciding who the final two were going to be rupaul had all the queens who got eliminated that season come back and they each voted for two uh queens that they wanted for the top two and shangela who had the most uh challenge wins and was the most highly consistent just like had really deserved to be in the top two if not win Hmm got voted out by her eliminated queens, uh, which was shocking to me and really yeah. upsetting. Um, yeah, and the reason why it was most upsetting to me after watching it, because Kennedy's whole appeal to the eliminated queens and what a lot of them said their reasoning for voting was, was, you know, who wants it the most, who needs it the most. And I was like, that's not 
what this is. Right. You know, like, like I want five Tony Awards. I should just steal five of Audra's, though. You know, right. like, I, you got to earn it. Kennedy did not earn it. Mm-hmm. And I would not say that Trixie was on the same level this season as Shangela was, but in the last five episodes, Trixie really stepped up to the plate. And Kennedy has been just so wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And... As you said, she t- well, since since the third episode, she was really good at the beginning, and then she's really done poorly, and so it's yeah, it's it's shocking. Well, I think Kennedy is incredibly talented at very specific things, and I think I honestly just don't think Kennedy isn't that smart of a drag queen. And I think a lot of stuff she does performance wise that ends up being great is almost by accident. Mm. Um, like like her turn on the right. Bitchler, I was I thought was an accident of genius. I don't think it was a I don't think she really planned out how she was going to do it. Not in the way that, like, Dela did, you know? Mm. Or, like, Shangela. Um, so that was part of the reason why I was frustrated. I was happy to see BB go, but I Same. wish that someone had called her out. Like, I wish that Morgan had called her out about the whole not revealing which lipstick she chose because... I feel I like, like I feel like she had to have, and they just didn't air it. Because yeah. it, that there's no way she would have just let that slide. Yeah, Morgan of all people would not have let that slide. But then Morgan also picked BB as her top I know, two lipsticks. I know, I thought that too. I was like, I was like, oh my god, what? Yeah, what? like who'd have thunk that of all that Morgan would have picked BB and Thorgy would have been the only one to pick Shangela? Who'd have thunk it? It's insane. Yeah, no, I'm it's, gagged. It's I was gagged too. I mean, it really brought the drama. But yeah, it was. It's just a thing of I feel like most people chose Kennedy because they thought, you know, she she really could could use this. This will really mm-hmm. help her fan base. And if anything, I mean it just it, it, it didn't. Ma- it, yeah, it makes her seem it, it just it just makes her seem yeah. I don't know, it it's it's that weird thing of if you try to tell too many people like what they should think or what they should feel or why a decision mm-hmm. is right, even if it doesn't feel right. It just it just makes people want to make that decision or make that choice even less, you know. Absolutely. All of them being uh, taking this high road of oh she she needs it the most. This is going to really improve her fan base. Everyone's now just has this attitude towards her instead of well I don't I don't I don't care about her. She 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 just shouldn't have been there. And so it's it's a it's a negative outcome for her. Any any whoozlebees. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It it did nothing to convince people to come to to team kennedy and in fact because of the whole injustice of it all have actually as you said like made them actually kind of turn on her a bit yeah like she's not in control of how the other queens voted but just her reasoning her reasoning to them for why she should get it i thought was petty and 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 very like me 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 and it just didn't it didn't feel earned um yeah i like things to be earned her reasoning for why she should be the next drag superstar is that she wants more Instagram followers. Yeah. That's... She was like, I want more people to come up to me first at meet and greets. It's like, bish. Like, come on. Anywho. So that was the that was the gayest moment of last week. But the most mainstream gay moment of last week was in a lovely cookie cutter, but so fucking touching movie. Love, comma, Simon. Yeah. I saw it this past Monday. Um, and what? Give me your thoughts, Mister John. I have now seen it twice through um, oh, circumstances that I did not control. Surprised. I did not control it. Sure, I swear. Sure, yeah. No, uh, everyone believes that. That's not sad. I, um, I will rip out your hair, Daniel Evans style. Oh, but it's so nicely newly permed. Um, um, 
okay. I really, really liked it a lot. I didn't... I I have a soft spot in my heart for cheesy gay movies. I have watched a an embarrassing amount of the gay films on Netflix. Just because... Make the Yuletide Gay? Pardon? Have you seen... Have you seen Make the Yuletide Gay? No, I haven't. Because oh, because the, the super, super cheesy ones, I can't do those. I, I do... Mm-hmm. I, I like to strike a, a match between... Um, if you've ever seen The Weeknd, or who was, who was the, the inaugural yeah, film can. by the guy who directed slash... I think he created uh, Looking. Looking, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's super depressing. Like that is is very sad or you know even call me by your name is is on the one spectrum and the other is those make the yuletide gay movies and i like to find the ones that are right in the center and the thing that i loved about Mm -hmm. uh, love simon is that i feel like it was right in the center it had enough cheesiness it had enough um you know i wouldn't even call it camp but it had enough of the formulaic kind of movie uh setup yeah the tropes but without being super um super predictable like there were moments where i was genuinely surprised and i really enjoyed a lot of the performances i thought he was great i thought um the one who played the the high school the the drama teacher was fantastic tony hale was the vice principal who was i'm Mm -hmm. always such a big fan of his because of veep and the rest of development he was great um i really really enjoyed it i really did it was it was cute and charming and genuinely funny and um yeah, I think it's an important story to be telling, and I, I it felt cool to watch to leave a theater and and leave a movie like that. And Jennifer Garner was amazing too. Sorry, Jennifer Garner was amazing, and she's I a mean, national treasure. I mean, as I as I said online, you know, I, I I went to Love Simon for the Twinks, but I left only thinking about the daddies. I mean, Josh Duhamel, just I he always gets off my radar, and then he gets on my radar, and then I get off. <laughs> yes, don't don't we all? <laughs> he um, was a full daddy in that movie. He was he was saddy. He was T S A D D Y funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I really really liked it. It was super sweet. I mean, the last movie I saw was Three Billboards, so it was a nice departure <laughs> from the intensity of that. Um, although the yes. week before, I'd also watched a really really great movie. This is a huge sidebar, but on Netflix called Closet Monster, and that. It was a really, really great movie that I feel kind of also fits in some ways into the, like if you love Love Simon, it's a little darker, but it's and like a little more absurd in some ways, but it's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and one final thing, sorry, <laughs> um, I was super obsessed because Joey Pilari, the actor who played um, one of the love interests in Love Simon, just came out as being gay. Um, yes, I saw the- that. Um, and had you ever watched him on season two of American Crime? Have I talked to you off enough about season two of American Crime and how it was I, some of the best television I've ever seen? And how his perf- you have not. I watched the first couple of episodes of that season and really did love it. And I don't remember why I stopped watching. It wasn't because I wasn't liking it. I, I think just like circumstances happened where I couldn't really, I didn't have time to keep up with it. And then it got away from me. So yeah. I would like to rewatch it. But I, that season... I know it was like very incredible. If you want to watch, if you enjoy Joy Polari and Love Simon, and you want to watch him play a character that is completely different, like in Love Simon, he is charming, kind of goofy. He actually read pretty yeah. goofy, and I, I, I saw the side of him that was super adorable. I mean, he's also freaking hot, but like, yeah. 
Um, but he, he kind of came off as a little dorky, and I enjoyed that. But if you want to see him play the complete opposite character, he plays a closeted gay basketball player who may or may not have raped a boy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to see him play the complete opposite character, please watch season two of American Crime. Felicity Hoffman... Um, Right? That's who that is? Yeah. From yeah. Desperate Housewives. Um, Connor Jessup, who is the main actor in this closet monster story, which is the other or movie, which I saw on Netflix, which is the other reason why I thought of Joey Polari, um, is the other lead in that season. Um, they just give some amazing performances, and it's really great writing and great storytelling and super sad. So what did you think of Love, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, clearing the stage for me there, Jen. Uh <laughs> I yeah so I I did see it twice and when I say it was out of basically what the first time was on a date and I was surprised by it for uh this guy was like let's go see a movie and I said okay and it was a it was an early screening of Love Simon so I wasn't expecting to go Hmm. and at that point I already booked tickets the week following to see it like the night it came out with a friend so I was like well I guess I'm seeing it twice Hmm. um I I did really like it uh any issues I have with it I want to put aside for a while just because i am so happy that within five months of each other we've had call me by your name and love simon come out yeah Uh, just the fact that like movies like these are getting such national attention and a very positive light just makes me very happy yeah um and like yeah there's there's a lot of uh you know oversimplifications in the movie and they do gloss over a lot of stuff that comes with uh being a gay man but i almost really loved that element of it the fact that it was him coming out wasn't meant to be a deeply shameful act or you know be this really tricky progression of having his friends and his family treat him any differently mm-hmm. uh like there, there's like a heartbreaking scene in the movie where because uh, without giving too much away when he he is outed and it's not on his own terms and that leads to an avalanche of information to all of his friends about some other things that he did that were not great things that he did in the name of trying to hide his being gay to the world. And his friends sort of break off from him, not because he didn't tell them he was gay, but because of the other things he did. And then being like, it's, this isn't about you being gay. We're okay with that. Like you should have, you know, you should have known that we loved you enough that it doesn't matter to us. It's all these other things you did. Like being gay is not shameful, you know, lying to your friends about yada, 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 that's shameful. Uh, and so I, I mean, again, it's a little oversimplified, but I did yeah. love that element that it wasn't everyone going, my, my world is shaken now. And him having to like sit in his room crying, I'm gay, I'm gay, woe is me kind of thing. Um, yeah, that that I was very appreciative of. There were, again, there were certain moments that I will, I that didn't make me cringe, but more sort of made me go like, okay, like they're they're wording it this way or they're showing yeah, the scene so that way, you know, like the families in Ohio will be okay with the movie. But you know, right. that's Hollywood for you. Um, it takes a long time for progress to really catch up. Yeah, but yeah, and and the the drama teacher just gave me life every time she was on screen. Yeah, she was um, fantastic. Yeah, everything she said, everything she did, I just was like, "How we need to come up with a cameo category at the Oscars because this bitch would win." Yeah, she was she was hysterical. She she was she wonderful. Was. Um, yeah, you know, I, I agree with a lot of that too. I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's first and foremost, or you know, the the the, the importance of the the role is that how many coming of age stories 
are there in the world that we've that we've watched being told over and over again in movies and in like wide release um cinematic form and here we have a coming of age coming out story that is beautiful and simple and adorable and funny and charming and sad you know it, it really does have some emotional weight to it which is really really shocking um yeah. i would say the last the last like 45 minutes or like last hour of the movie i thought was really beautiful yeah, um, it sets itself up to almost be like a light-hearted john hughes comedy and then it really gets very touching and th- the scene that uh jennifer garner has with uh, Simon, she plays the mom. For those of you who haven't seen it yet, uh, that she has with him, I just thought was really beautiful. And it, I think, it's very important for kids right now to get a scene like that to see, mm. uh, where the, you know, where it's it's nothing but love, and and mm-hmm. it's a parent who's saying, you know, yes, this is new information to me, but that doesn't make me love you any less. That doesn't make me confused. You know, take like now this now that it's out in the open. I love the line, "You get to exhale." Mm-hmm. And I just I think that's for any issues that the movie might have with me with anyone I know there are other people who have issues with elements of the movie that scene alone I think prove uh, makes it worth its uh, existence. Same, yeah, um, I, yeah. I was very touched. Um, so go get touched. I love Simon. Go get touched by Simon. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think what else. I want to bring it back to theater one last time before we head out. I'm trying to think. I. I'm seeing Grand Hotel on Friday, so that should be oh, fun. Oh, so exciting. Yeah, I mean, most of the stuff is, like, stuff that I'm going to be seeing, so I, like, don't want to go too much into detail with it, because it's just, it'll just be me pontificating. Although, Saturday, I will be seeing Rocktopia. Oh, which had a huge issue with the Actors Union, but I guess they just announced that they were going on union contracts now? Did you see that? Yeah, they, they didn't release a lot of information about that. I no, got an email didn't. from Equity 2 that yeah. basically said like they are going on union contracts, but they didn't stipulate if it's Broadway union contracts or some other kind of uh, level because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not really a Broadway show. It's more just like people who are renting out a Broadway theater. Mm. But... But I guess because I'm going with a Tony nominator, uh, they like they there's they sent out tickets for Tony nominator, so I guess they are aiming to like get like some kind of recognition, and maybe that's mm. why th- that was the leverage that you that Equity got to make the contracts happen. I don't know. All I know is that I know very little about it. I read one review on a message board, and I will have a lot of Malbec before I go see it. Yeah, I've, I I know nothing about it at all. I um. Yeah, I'm. I God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. I mean, the only thing that stuck out to me in the review, someone said at one point they sang "We Are the Champions," and there is a picture of Anne Frank projected at one point during that song. Finally, finally, someone's taken my letters. Someone, <laughs> if there's one thing that Anne Frank would have loved, it was Queen. <laughs> no. <laughs> Because she hated hiding in closets just like Freddie Mercury. She- oh my god. <laughs> Keep going. I want to hear more. What else is in what else are you saying? Um <sighs> No, I can't. No, that's it. That's where I, we're at. That's what I don't oh seriously. Um oh no. No, I I yeah, I have no idea what it's about. So God bless you for just even going. God bless you. Thank I'm you. actually gonna be back it. in the city in a couple of weeks, um, just for like a hot second. Mm-hmm. Um, literally like a, like a day and a half. But in that day and a half, I will be seeing Once on this Island and Frozen. So 
in a couple weeks we could talk about those i'll have actually Yay. seen something Yay! me i'm so excited and, and that time i think i will have all, i will have also seen carousel and mean girls so we'll be oh, we'll yay. have like so much oh my gosh Love I so wait, much i can't wait then, to hear about those two and i'm seeing my fair lady in june everybody so fingers crossed for me yes all i want is a room some twer oh my god lauren ambrose can we get her on this podcast yeah i know her yeah, yeah, I know her too. Um, I, I, I know her the same way that I know Sally Murphy, like wow. from afar. From afar and from the restraining orders now. Oh, God. I will say, I, the, when, we, when I left Sally Murphy, she asked for my business card, to which I said, that's hysterical that you think I have a business card. Um, that's the whole reason to get a business card, boo. Well, now I got to get one, cause, and then I got to find a way to get it to Sally Murphy without making it seem like, you know... Like you got business cards just made for Sally Murphy. <laughs> just for Sally Murphy. <laughs> I was like, Matt Coplick, Broadway enthusiast, you know, contact info, and then on the back said, this dedicated to Sally Murphy. Oh my gosh. Uh, I I think that's exactly what you should do. Absolutely. Um, so on that note, I think it's... Uh, it's the witching hour, and it's time to wrap this mother up, don't you? Yeah, I think the only feasible diva to close out with is Miss Sally Murphy herself, right? Yeah, I was waiting for you to say someone random, like like Miss Tanya Pinkins. Um, well, oh, I can't yeah, well, I've given just... Tanya her time now yet. Tanya, will... yeah. Tanya can be next week. Sorry, Tanya, Tanya will be next week, and eventually we got to get Sutton because we we uh, have we never had Sutton? Sutton. Well, we ousted Sutton last time for Jen Maxwell. It was our way of dimming the lights for Jan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, so, yes, sorry, so, yes, we will do Sally this week. Uh, I I know what I'm going to end it with, uh, but I just want everyone to go out there and get a nice little uh, discography to listen of her. She is the original singer of Princess and Man of No Importance. How kind oh. of girl? Yeah, that's her. She was Seidel in the, not this recent revival of Fiddler, but the one before that, the one where no one was Jewish. She was Seidel in that. Oh, um, was the Harvey Firestein one? Yeah. And Alfred Molina and all all them people. Uh, Funny. I think when, when Harvey Firestein joined the cast, they were like, a Jew. Uh, and then she also has done a lot of Lacusa. She did The Wild Party. She did Bernarda Alba. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. See like now John's like, "Oh yeah, I, Sally Murphy. I love Sally Murphy." Yeah, but I I would Do you not love for I'm sorry. I'm sorry I failed everyone. No, it's fine. No, I'm like the only one who's keeping that that torch of flame. That so Murph train alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but just everybody go out there and listen to Amalia from Bernarda Alba. Sweet Amalia, and then listen to uh I think it's called before midnight ends or after midnight ends for after Wild Party. after midnight ends i think yeah she plays she plays the comatose sally uh in lucky's wild party so listen to all those in the meantime i will close it out with a lovely sally murphy carousel line reading uh so anyway this has been <laughs> broadway breakdown uh, sorry tangent tangent this has been broadway breakdown um i started fearless now i'm fearful matt Coplick. you know what i have no fears left i have actually you know I've grown over this <laughs> over this podcast. I learned about myself. I learned that Daniel Evans is straight. You know, it's I'm I have nothing to fear. I and I shall no, go forth. We've, we've now learned how to exhale. Mm, and I was waiting for it. Waiting to exhale. Call me by Simon's name. Mm, I wonder if I wonder if the peach has always been a um a symbol for the butt. 
You know, you know, I had that thought during this podcast. <laughs> One final tangent. I had that thought during <laughs> I had that thought during this podcast when we were, when we were talking about calling by your name and you mentioned the peach again because like I I always think about the peach too. And there's like, yeah, oh my gosh, not. yeah, the peach symbol. That's like so common in gay culture for like if you're like for flirting and being like, this is my bad. Like it's a, yeah. it's a peach, like a, a juicy little peach. And I was like, oh my god. Did they know when they were writing, um, or, you know, Call Me By Your Name, like, years and years ago, did they know that that's, has, has the peach always been a symbol of the butt? So that's or, what I want to, I, I want to leave you with or, that. Or, because Call Me By Your Name, the book, I think, came out in, like, 07. Uh, yeah. So I don't think emojis were uh, quite a thing Well, that's yet. what I mean. It wasn't a thing yeah. yet. Yeah, so it did Call Me By Your Name, the book, start the peach emoji trend. Right, that's, oh my god. Wow. So that's that's what I want to leave you with. Sure, Carousel. Sure, Sally Murphy. Yeah. Sure, Talent. Sure. Sure. But, but is Call Me uh, By Your Name the, the birthplace of the peach butt? Oh Read us God. or let us know your thoughts. <laughs> as we listen to this cl- uh, clip, guys, as we head out, I want you to imagine Billy and Julie, as, the, as they are about to kiss, just instead both take out giant peaches and bite into it at the blackout. That's, Ew. Uh, <laughs> listen. No, don't, don't you judge... People are allowed to be openly sexual, John. With the beaches. <laughs> At least not right. eggplants. That's a little that's a little grosser. Yeah, I just guess like, just like biting into an eggplant. Yeah, oh I wouldn't wanna Yeah, I wouldn't wanna <laughs> um have coitus with an eggplant actually. No. no, maybe you would have gotten Daniel Evans' more attention more if you just sent him a fan letter with a giant eggplant on it. <gasps> or a big peach. Heinzine is twenty twenty. Hindsight is twenty twenty. So now that you have some food for thought, literally, guys, uh, mm. once again, <laughs> I am Matt Koplik. I don't even know if I officially signed off before, but if I didn't, for the first time, I'm I'm John Wiscavage. No, for no fear. For, for the first time in forever, he's John Wiscavage. <laughs> for the been... first time in forever. Hiring you need you need to end this. You need to end this because I. I'm at, oh, I'm editing. I'm editing this now. I'm just gonna have Sally take over. All right, bye. Okay, take bye. us away, Sally. Give us <laughs> give us all your acting. All of your acting. Thank you, sweet bye. release. Bye. I'm not the kind of fella to marry anybody. No, even if a girl was foolish enough to want me to, I wouldn't. Don't worry about it, Billy. Who's worried? Right about there being no wind. The blossoms are just coming down by themselves. Just their time too, I reckon. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. 
They'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.